0: Hi, you guys. Welcome to Home with Havala Podcast. I'm Havala Cunnington, your host. Welcome to a brand new year. I know last week was our official first podcast of 2022, but this whole month we're going to talk about fresh starts, fresh focus, and just clarity for this next year. I mean, how many of you would have thought we'd be in 2022? 2020 was pretty bad. 2021 was even a little more worse. And somebody said, can I see the the small writing of 2022 before I sign up to be there? And It does have that sense that there's like, we don't really know what's coming. But one thing I know is if you give your energy to your story, what God has on your life, and you don't get consumed with the worries and the fears of an entire community, but to actually just help the one in front of you, life gets way easier and things get less complicated. And so this month we decided to talk about focus. You guys heard Sean talk about the focus course and the academy, and that's already going on. And I hope a few of you were able to join that. That was a time sensitive invitation. But I also invited some of the people that I love and respect that when I think about focus and strategy and being strategic Well, there's a short list of people that I love that are in my everyday life. Listen, I can see somebody on Instagram and think they live a focused life. I have no idea. I mean, anybody can look focused, fit, (laughs) healthy. Um, That's why we go, oh, they're having a great life, they're a great marriage, and the next month you find out they're not married anymore. It's, we can present. But when we're in each other's lives, we get to watch each other develop and grow. My respect grows way more for the people that I do life with. Um, because I see them. And uh, my brother-in-law, Daniel Giles, is one of those men that I have really grown up with. I mean, really, we've been friends for almost 20 years. He married my sister 16 years ago, dated her uh, for a couple years, year and a half. We'll talk about that. And then I watched Daniel come all the way to another country and really had a pretty successful, it's been a pretty successful story. It wasn't always like that. There were definitely ups and downs, which we'll talk about. But today I wanted to introduce you to my brother-in-law, Daniel Giles. And yes, he's from England. Don't even try guessing the accent. That's where he's from. Daniel, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Hey. Hello. Hello. A- <laughs> Happy New Year to you.
0: Thank you. Hey, you know, I've never had you on the podcast. It's I know, funny, it's I I had your wife, my sister, I this well, last you month. You kinda
1: have to do that first.
0: I kinda you know, do. I, I do. It. Yeah, yeah. I would I never it. live it down. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would I. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Daniel knows the real story of our lives, and it's really cool. My sister moved to England. Um, God really put it on her heart to live there, and she did not go to England looking for a spouse. Yes, she did. Well, she maybe a little. No. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but she calls Daniel her big souvenir. And yeah. um how many years ago was that?
1: Man, now you're putting me on the spot. That was 2003. So 2003, she came over. Yes, she did. How many years is that? Oh, uh, I mean, we're almost. Yeah, we're we're
0: very. Wow, it's been a while. It's weird when you start saying decades or like 20 years ago. Which decade
1: are we talking about? (laughs) I
0: know. (laughs) So you came over, married my sister, um, and really didn't have family here or even friends apart from our little new family. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of wild. How old were you when you did that? I was 20. You were twenty when you moved countries. Yes,
1: twenty years old, and I look at some twenty-year-olds now, and I'm thinking they're still living with their mom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine you moving to another country. No, but it was wild. I can't believe. Looking back, I don't understand how that was possible and how that happened, but it happened, and
0: yeah, it I'm was here. pretty wild. Were you adventurous yeah. growing up? Or yeah,
1: I was always. I moved. I moved out of my home when I was eighteen and went and did an internship. So that's where I met Deborah. Yeah. So I was very independent and liked freedom and all those things but never did i know i'd move to the united states of america every americans ask me all the time was it your dream to move here and i said no and they look at me like (laughs) i'm a weirdo for not having that as a dream just just flash news flash not not everyone around the world has a dream to move here i know know americans have no
0: concept for that
1: (laughs) Just letting you know. Yeah, we think we're
0: God's chosen people. I mean, it's really, we have to really. I I mean, and when you go other places in the world, they're not enamored by us. Like, we (laughs) think the world is enamored by us. And then you get there and you realize they're like, no, we really don't like you that much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we do like you. We do like (laughs) you.
0: So, you came over 20 years old, married my sister, had a degree in art. Yes. Right? So, yes. and came from an educated family, pastoral yep. and an academic uh, or teacher, I should say. Yep. And so when you came over here, did you know what you were going to do with your life or was it you were just kind of up for anything?
1: You know what? That's funny you would ask that because we didn't, thinking about it now, we didn't really have a plan. <laughs> so <laughs> if I was to coach my old self, I'd say, what, what do you think you were doing? Coming over here with no real plan for a job or anything like that. But what I did have is I was willing to, to do, jump into anything, just to make ends meet and just to do whatever was in front of me. So I wasn't being picky about what I was gonna do, I just knew that I was going on this adventure and we would figure it out as we went along. And you so, did. We
0: did. Um, and you know, it's funny. Love loves a funny thing. It really makes us jump off cliffs for each other. I know. So tell everybody a little bit of your history. Like, I don't want to give a, give it away too much, yeah. but how you started doing your job and where you kind of that led you in the last fifteen years.
1: Yeah. How long do you have?
0: A no. long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: try and make it short and sweet. So. <laughs> Yeah, as you said, I moved over here and really didn't have a massive plan, but knew that God had called me to marry your sister. I mean, someone had to, right? right. No. <laughs> we're <laughs> very you, grateful. I hope you're not listening, Deborah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so, actually, you're a big part of that. You told her, You told her we needed to get together or you were going to do something anyway <laughs> so um i'm glad you came over to england to yes. push, push that along a little yes. bit Yes,
0: she didn't know if she should say anything because she's I a know. little bit older than dan and i said come on you got nothing to lose you're across the world this guy is awesome and oh. i my sister was picky oh, so yeah. the fact that she found somebody that she really liked i was like you better do it you're getting old your eggs yeah. are getting old let's go
1: yeah exactly <laughs> eggs are getting old. there you go um so yeah a little bit back background, I um, I jumped actually into Starbucks. I, I was working at Starbucks. I was a youth pastor over in the UK uh, for Soul Survivor. I don't know if you've heard of them, but a great church over there. And so I was working at Starbucks um, part-time and I didn't have a plan on doing that here, And but it came up, an opportunity came up and they hired me right away, knowing my experience and had me running stores um, over here in the Sacramento area. And so here I was, rocked up, 21, 2021 running Starbucks stores. And I, you know, it was amazing. It was fun, but it was not, you know, it was hard as well. I was thinking, why did I move? I didn't move around the world to serve people coffee, but the silver lining was that I got to meet a lot of people. And actually, I mean, Starbucks is kind of like this is if you want to talk about American culture, that is American culture right there. Right. And so I got to be immersed in that. And then that kind of that kind of we started having kids and it was just craziness. We had three kids by the time we were what was it, twenty five? Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we didn't we didn't wait around. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah was very impatient. <laughs> <laughs> and so just just got um, just got immersed into that world, and then I moved on to Apple and worked for Apple for a little while. So I've worked for some amazing companies, got to experience some amazing um, just the way cultural corporate cultures and things like that, and training and really just grew up with those companies and mm-hmm. they really shaped who I am. Not that companies shape people, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's um, And then, yeah, I can keep going. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> then um, in my church, there was another Brit and he said to me one day, he said, hey, uh, you want to come flog some motors? And uh, <laughs> I said, you know what? I said, thanks very much. I was very kind of hoity-toity. Like, I'm good. I'm working for Apple. I don't need, I don't even want to go and sell cars. I didn't want to have to go get my, uh, gold chain and um, <laughs> <laughs> you know and all that stuff and, and work on my sleeves. No, yeah. sorry if you saw sell, selling cars is actually a great fun but <laughs> I ended up doing that and did that for eight years which was just great. So what, what just what happened to have, like, I did have this heart when I moved here to jump into ministry. Yeah. All I wanted to do was ministry because that's what I'd done. I felt God had called me. I mean, I don't know if anyone listening remembers, you know, delirious, live mm-hmm, in totally, the can, best totally. album ever. Right? Yes,
0: best ever. And it was like, <laughs> we're gonna be
1: history makers, right? And there was definitely this sense that, um, I think that generation, the way I perceived it, it's probably my fault, but it was like the only way to change the world is to be a ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what, that's the psyche I had. And soon realized that every time I tried to push into going into what we call church ministry or within the four walls of the church, those doors weren't opening. But any time I was in the marketplace, doors would fling wide and there'd be so much opportunity. So I kind of fought God on this for quite a few years and just wasn't sat. But finally realized, oh, OK, this I'm following the favor here. I'm following. God keeps opening these doors, but shutting these doors. I guess I better pay attention. It, it took me a little while to pay attention. Yeah.
0: It does. I think we have those preconceived ideas. It's almost like sometimes I think it's the reason we don't marry a specific kind of person. or It takes us a while to unpack our ideas and then go, oh, this is what God has. But... What you guys don't know as listeners is that Daniel literally went into Starbucks and went to the top of what he really could do in that season and then went to Apple and became immediately in leadership and strategy and then turned around and was headhunted for this car dealer. But you have to understand, it was a luxury car um, dealership and he ended up, you ended up running the store, multiple stores. Yeah,
1: so there's a a local um, family-owned dealership group in our town and... Um, ended up just again, favor is what I'd put it as, but just working hard and started at the bottom selling cars, you know, uh, pounding the pavement as they call it. And, um, really ended up in the corner office, you know, running, running dealerships and running multiple dealerships at the same time. So it's just an amazing blessing, constantly getting comments like, wow, you're really young to be doing this. And, but, um, yeah, just, it wasn't just favor, but a lot of hard work, a lot of grit, a lot of focus. Yes. Um, and, um. Yeah, a lot of commitment and decision making. So, and that's
0: why I want to. That's why I want to talk to you. Like yeah. you kind of just let us there because you're welcome. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, <laughs> good Spirit segue, is, right? Yeah, perfect segue. <laughs> uh, because I know there's a lot of people. You know, someone said it's been like a uh, puzzle pieces. Like yeah. COVID has made everybody's life different. Whether it was they moved areas, they moved churches, they moved Mm. like location, they moved homes, maybe they moved marriages. I don't know. But (laughs) there's been a lot of pieces that have moved. And there are some of, I believe, our listeners that are in a season of transition and they are starting new, whether they're starting new at a church, whether they're starting new at a business, or maybe they're entrepreneurial. And see, Mm. what you guys don't know is that Daniel ended up leaving the car dealership mm. um, and management and GM management. And he ended up going into Deborah, my sister, her business that she had joined. And now they run a massive team. Like I know that I, I tried to get her to put the numbers and she's like, have a we're not even supposed to really tell all the numbers. So I'm not even going <laughs> to go that direction, but they run an incredible team and and have transformed so many people's lives by this incredible business that they both participate in. But what you don't know is that some of the key people they work with are Bible believing, God loving, fierce men and women mm. that they get to change the world with uh, by having uh, being in rooms that most people aren't invited into, but also having the resources to transform communities. And so, I get excited about that. I, I'm obviously I'm in a platform ministry world, mm. but I know if you are in a platform ministry world, you guys know we are nothing without. our marketplace ministers happening and showing up and helping us understand the heartbeat of the world around us so anyway daniel started out i'm just curious i have a couple questions so when you started working um if you were starting fresh you had to be focused so i'm sure you felt probably a little chaotic like okay did you set out to succeed in every environment or did you was it kind of a surprise
1: Yes, I honestly I did, and I didn't know it at the time. But honestly, our conversations over the last few years with the Enneagram—yes, shout out Enneagram—that <laughs> has actually been a, an amazing tool to help me understand myself and others. But understanding that I have um, an Enneagram Three as part of my as part of my DNA is really helpful to understand. Oh, actually, I've wanting I've been wanting to achieve ever since I was a kid, and I didn't realize it at the time. Even as a kid, I loved recognition, I loved achievement. Whether it was me painting a painting and everyone loving it. Um, I realized I, I went after that, and um, even to this day, I still want to be. Now I'm competitive, but I'm not outwardly. Um, you would never know that. No, you're but not. I'm extremely competitive with myself, <laughs> probably myself to be the best that I can. And so, yes, I would go into those things, wanting to. I want to be at the top of this. I one day I'll either run this place or I'll have the biggest business, or I'll. I want to. I want to. Um, I want to do what I can to be the most successful.
0: Yeah. So, what was your top? key to staying focused what did what's the thing that you look back and you realize i did this in every company every environment that i went into i can now draw i can follow the cord and see it
1: yeah you know what i i was thinking about that i think it actually starts being really practical here when you interview for something it's really important that you know the vision of the person who's interviewing you um I've interviewed thousands of people for different jobs. I was a hiring manager for for these companies that we talked about, and it baffled me that people come to an interview, and here's just a quick tip, Mm -hmm. free stuff, I won't charge you. (laughs) People come to an interview and not ask a single question. Really, your job, when you're looking for a job, is to go interview um, the person that you wanna get hired by and see if they're a good fit for you. Are they a good fit for your vision for your life? Is it gonna fit with where you wanna go and the amount of money you wanna make and the blessing you wanna bring to your family and your community? But it shocked me that people didn't even ask me a question. And so I wouldn't hire those people. So what I did to answer your first question is to know if you know the vision of your boss or the company that you're working for, now you know how to maximize that vision. If you can help them increase their goals. So if you know their goal is to make X amount of dollars, bring in X amount of clients, customers, revenue, whatever it is, you need to know that so you know how much you can contribute and help control that. And so really being really laser focused on the vision and the goals of your ministry or the or the business that you're working for, and then and then backing yourself, reverse engineering yourself into that. So that could look like if the business needs to make a million dollars in a year, okay, I know I need to make X amount per month, and this is the action that I need to do to help reduce that. And then one of the things is letting your boss or your leader know what you plan on doing, letting them know, okay, hmm. is this what you want me to do? Um, so yeah, I've got, I could keep going, but there's a lot of tips I Oh, I, I
0: love that because I, I don't, I mean, there's very few people, I've interviewed a lot of people as well. Yeah. And when they, when they have, they understand the story, right. it's very powerful, but yeah. I, I've rarely had anybody on my team say, so is this exactly what you would look like a yeah. success? Yeah. Nobody asked that question and yeah. it's really profound. We get caught up in wondering. Yeah. So when you were clear, um, you started to focus, what were some other things you did that helped you stay focused?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of um, you know we talk a lot about metrics and you know an achievement and being successful. But my favorite Jim Rohn quote is, "You got to work harder on yourself than you do on the job." Meaning, you've got to actually work hard on your own education, and that doesn't just mean book education. That means self development. That means self awareness, emotional intelligence. If you are in a job or a career or a ministry or you're a parent, husband or wife and maybe it's not going so well, the best thing that you can do is take a look at yourself and go, Mm. what can I improve on? Asking for feedback, reading books, emotional intelligence, strength finders, Enneagram, all these kind of things. You might chalk it up as self-help, but you know what, it's self-awareness. Like the, the most successful people are really aware of their strengths and weaknesses, and there's so many people who are kind of lost, they're not even aware of who they are, they haven't ever taken a look in the mirror. So really being clear on who you are, what you're good at, and then communicating that to your boss. Letting them know your strengths at an interview or early on and letting them know what you're working on um, is really good. I
0: love that. Brilliant. And I I would say the same thing. Like as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because people just have, they don't understand how people see them. I mean, you really think I'm outgoing. You're like, you're not outgoing or "I'm I'm disciplined. No, you're not disciplined. Now you might be working towards that, but (laughs) <laughs> I always say like your boss, isn't your mom. She's right. not going to love you like that. You've right. got to show up and develop. Yeah. And if you don't, I feel like it's that seriousness of, um, of knowing like, okay, this, I've got to get good at this because one day I might doing be doing it myself. I might be running this myself. So I'm yeah. curious as you started to go into environments, how did you win people over? Cause I know you, I know that Every single team that you were a part of—I mean, I would go in your work, and you know, Deborah and I would bring our strollers and yeah. all of our kids. We had seven yeah. kids together. I we were remember. like breeding machines, yeah. and we would come into you know Starbucks or we'd go into the Apple Store. We'd land at your at your um, car store, and you were like love. Like before we even saw you, people were like, "Oh, we love Daniel. Daniel's my best friend." And Deborah and I would laugh like, "I don't even think he knows who he is," but everyone <laughs> thought. So was that is that a natural gift or did you actually? try to work on winning people over?
1: Um, I think it's partly natural. I'm a people person, I love people, um, I like to find out what makes people tick, but a strategy for being successful in business or whatever environment you're in is to um, really get to know people around you. People is what makes a company or a ministry or anything tick, and so, especially if you're leading those people, I made it my, I, any time I walked into a, new environment where i was leading people i wanted to know about every single person and it didn't matter about so much about the goals but if i knew what made them tick and if i knew them and i knew about them and knew something about them whether it was you know a single mom who had to who's struggling with something or you know someone who's lost somebody but really as leaders knowing these things it really helps you lead them because that that way, it's a lot easier to lead them. If you, you know, if you're trying to coach somebody, but they've just had a horrible morning, yeah. and you didn't know that, it's going to be a lot harder just knowing what's going on. So, yeah, I made it a goal to really um, go after getting to know people, and you know, really the key to success is building others up, and mm. that will that will help you grow. Work yourself out of a job. Help promote people. Yeah, uh, uplift people around you. It's not a competition. It's not a um, it's, you know, raising up leaders and raising up and giving people skills and giving them an opportunity. Yeah, it could be scary because you think, oh, they could take my mm-hmm. job, but good. You know, work yourself out of a job, right? Uh, it could be a bench, you know, create a massive bench for whatever company or um, business that you're in. Create yeah. new leaders. So
0: so looking back at yourself as a 20-year-old and mm. going through these different things, what would you have told yourself going yeah. back to that guy that just came to America and is yeah. working and wh- what was the thing that you would say oh I just I wish I would have known this
1: yeah it's um. I would say be patient Um, I see be patient with yourself I think at the time I was, I was even though I was consistent in those you know I wasn't hopping around jobs and things like that but I see it, but there was this anxiety going on like am I in the right place am I in the right place am I in the right place constantly asking yeah. myself is this what I should be doing and that's really stressful I think you really have to Go, okay, this is where God has planted me, and I'm going to work harder than the expectation here, and I work for the glory of him, not mm-hmm. for my boss. So I'm actually going to work harder um, to make God look good, yeah. and that will help bless me as well. And so um, I would say to anyone, you know, anyone. what I'd say to my 20-year-old self is be patient and mm-hmm. know that God's, God's got it all figured out. And to know to think, you know, anytime I was doing any of those jobs, I was thinking, what the heck am I doing here? Why am I serving yeah. coffee? Why am I selling cars? Why am I helping people in their health currently? And you could laugh at that, or I sometimes laugh at those things. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> what? What? Usually, I'm saying, what am I doing? And that's exactly where God has me.
0: Yeah, and so. it's funny how it all merges together. Like, you right. think you're learning this skill, but then you watch. Oh my gosh, I've been using that skill my yes. whole life. Yes. And I've just learned to be really good at that. Like, I was, I was convincing. Yes. As, a, as a high schooler, and now, yes. I've, and I did it in high school, not for good reasons, and then I did it. Now I convince thousands of people. So yes. that, that gift was there.
1: So don't write off the days of small beginnings, right? All the things, like you said, all those t- years and of, of even just doing things, I didn't understand why I wouldn't be where I am today without those. You can't fast forward your life. You can, there's no shortcuts. I love that. There are really aren't. So you have to be consistent in what you're doing and know that if you um, glorify God where you work and work hard and... Um, Uh, you will be promoted whether that's in the spirit or financially or whatever it is so yeah, you will be promoted
0: and you'll be honored Yeah. do you would you say what's the one thing that you would tell you that you would never do again like was there anything in your in your journey where you thought I'll just that was wrong I I would never have done that again I don't know if it's something that somebody asked you to do or Mm -hmm. something that you just look back and go that I I just tell myself if I ever was had to do that again I would never do it
1: Man, that's a really that that's good not
0: legal that's not illegal but like you know if there's something that <laughs> you showed up things? where you no. think yeah. like gosh I I made a decision that I was not going to do that and it was probably pretty popular in the environments you were in but you thought I'm not I'm not gonna do this or or maybe you did it and you thought I won't but was there a line of integrity that you had to live with yeah. in the middle of it all Yeah.
1: there was a job in there where it's a really toxic leadership environment. And I probably stayed there too long. Mm. Um, and so just understanding, um, I think I'm a very loyal person, you know, partly culturally growing up, you know, you're told you just stick with what you do and you just and there are times to get through it. But you do need to know when when is enough. And so if you're in an environment where you're either being abused, bullied yeah. Yeah. As, a, as an employee or or part of the leadership or you have a, a boss or a leader who's literally verbally abusing you, which has happened to me before. Um, I would go well I'm just gonna stick it out I'm just gonna like hunker down and and there are times where God will ask you to stay but there are t- a counselor once said to me um uh, it's okay to change your mind it's okay to move on it's okay to say no and like really understanding those boundaries yeah I didn't have boundaries and partly being in Enneagram too where I'll just stay wherever for too long maybe and so learning to move on maybe a little sooner and not have you don't have to live through hell. Um, But it's hard because at the same time sometimes we need some of that we need to go through the battle to really be strong at the same time but really understanding the difference between an abusive toxic situation Yes. And knowing when this when I can handle what God's going to give you what you need to get through it. Right? Yeah, so, like
0: you're saying, I stayed too long. I knew yeah. that. Okay, that's my propensity. Some people that you guys are listening to this, you don't stay long enough. Yes. So you're always starting fresh every year. I got yeah. a new job and a new position. And I want to say to you, you have you have no longevity in you. I mean, most of us. I cleaned houses for eight for six years. Right. I was a you know a worship pastor for eight years. All before I did everything I'm doing. Like just the in every day doing the same yeah. exact thing. So let me ask you. This question. Um, what do you think, now having worked with all these people in all yep. these places, what do people miss the most? That you're like, this is like honestly, if I could have a gut honest conversation with some with, with a man or woman, doesn't matter who it is, mm. but you would just say like we're missing this point. If you would just get this, it would change your whole life. Change yeah. my life, Dan. Just <laughs> by one.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm conjuring up the most amazing thing I've <laughs> yeah. ever said. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. Um, Like if we were having
0: coffee and I was like, Dan, give it to me. What do people miss that they're just? It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, my another favorite quote, and this comes to mind: successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do, Mm. and don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better, and I think that. You can know, you say that
0: again? I yeah. don't know if you can read that again because yeah. I think that's profound. Yeah.
1: Successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier. So don't wish your job or your life or your marriage or whatever, your church was easier. Wish you were better. And I think that goes back to working harder on yourself and not just expecting everybody else around you to serve up your life on a platter. No one's going to ask you to go to the gym. No one's going to say you don't need to be eating that. Maybe your wife might. Uh, maybe um, no one's going to ask you. You, you are in control. Yes. I mean, obviously God's in control, but you are in yep. control of your destiny. That's and right. you get to determine a lot of that. You get to help write that script with God. I don't believe that he controls it all. I think he gives us plenty of choice. Mm-hmm. And He gets. we get to figure out, just like we're parents, we notice our kids, we reward our kids who work hard. We reward our kids who show up and be kind and are, have good manners and all those things. In the same way, I think God honors hard work. He honors grit. And that's that's something we don't see. Mm-hmm. People, you know, So for example, successful people doing what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. That means very practically, that means if your job description is to do A, B, and C, do A, B, C, D, and E. Do the extra without being asked. And so often these days, mm-hmm. I had more conversations with you know people like well that's not on my job description or could you do this well that's not what I was hired for well this is what the business or the company or the ministry needs at this minute I understand it's not but if they would just man I felt like saying to them and I did at some point wow if you'd have just actually done those things yeah. of your own volition and not had me ask you I probably would promote you because right. I see I see and I see an intention to succeed and help others around you and a heart to help this mission move forward Not, it's not about you and so I would constantly be finding ways to do things that I wasn't asked to do and again free tip if you want to go far in a business or in a, you're like oh man I wish I would get promoted in 2022 I wish my boss would see me well ask yourself are you doing more than is required are you wow. showing up early are you staying late Are you uh, or are you constantly asking for time off constantly asking for um, things that would suit you right? So I think there's a balance of obviously not being abused by <laughs> whatever it is, but and having a work-life balance. I'm not telling you to right. be a workaholic. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-mm. I'm just saying be really smart with your time and how can you use the time that God has given you to bless other people, whether it's your boss or the ministry or the church that you're part of.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, do do beyond your job description. Okay, I have two questions and we'll, yeah. act, we'll end. But um, one of the questions that I have for you is, what are you, well, first of all, mm-hmm. if you're in a position where you feel like you're not, like your integrity, your faith is being challenged. Like mm-hmm. I'm in a position where my boss is asking me to do something dishonest or, you know, how do people know? Because you've been in a lot yeah. of environments where people oh, yeah. weren't safe, you know, delivered oh, yeah. and, you know, they were in a totally different world. So how did you manage your own faith yeah. and lead your own faith without having to, almost like destroy the environment or your relationship with them? How did you do that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I can think of times where, um, you know, even in the car business, I mean, it's already got a reputation, right? For being <laughs> <laughs> and so there were times where it was like, hey, you know, when I was learning, go and tell the go tell the client this, or go tell the customer this. And I just, there were times where I just had to stand up for what I believe and didn't believe that was right, or I didn't you know, and I just didn't do it, and I just had to trust God that He would cover me. He would cover my back. I think also getting counsel as well from mm. your, you know, your family and your pastor and your friends. Like, is this something I should be doing? Um, Does it line up with my values? And sometimes there's going to be times where, you know, you're. I don't want to get into a, you know, this could this is a bit of a minefield <laughs> here, but there might be things you hire. You knew going into the job, this is what the job is required, or this is what was. So you mm-hmm. kind of knew. So that's you can't. You may not be able to say, I'm not doing that you already knew that was required but if you didn't know something was required and it could affect your integrity or, or whatever i think it's worth a conversation you know there were times for example yeah i was asked to work on sundays and i said hey it's really important to me a value that i get to go to church with my yeah. family and we worked it out i think having adult conversations with adults and just coming with your requests and, yeah. and asking is okay rather than you know um putting up these fights right away but actually coming in and um, making your requests known and seeing what can be done. I love so. that.
0: You know, like that quote, be so good. They can't ignore you. Yeah. It's like, if you followed your first step, which was do more than what you're asked to do, show up longer, work harder. Yeah. When you, when you do put a boundary up, they're yeah. going to say like, oh yes. no, you have done, you been, you you're my yes. favorite employee. Yes. Sure. Yes. There's a little bit more respect. If you have no respect and you're demanding respect, you're not going to get it.
1: And when I was leading employees, people, you know, and they would come request and they did, they were the least hardworking people. It was very hard for me to honor their request, whatever it was. But totally. there were the people who brought added value to the company and the mission and added so much value that it was like, oh, well, yeah, you've, you've, you've done more than enough. I would love to help you with your request. I right? love that. So I think
0: Absolutely. Good. I always think the reason places have yeah. rules or standards or boundaries <laughs> is because somebody didn't honor the right. time, the what was expected of them. And so yeah. now I have to ask you to be in your seat at eight o'clock or now I need to ask yes. you to check out because really as an, as a boss and I've been a boss for yeah. years. And so if you, uh, the, you don't want to micromanage anybody. No. You want to do their life. That's the last thing I want to do. Uh-huh. But yeah. if you don't show up and all of a sudden you're not following through, mm-hmm. then I have to begin to monitor, am I being a good steward of my finances that we're bringing in? Right. And am I being a good steward with the person that's doing the job? And, that, and overall, the vision will be bigger than a person's circumstances i'm yes. sorry yes. but the vision has to go forward right okay so here's my last question okay. uh i know this year is a big year for you yeah. what is something that you are looking forward to in this year 2022 and then what's something you are doing different this year to give you more focus Yeah.
1: Absolutely. and
0: again i didn't give him these questions beforehand no, so so mean. <laughs> so
1: mean um okay so my word i think a lot of people have words for the years investment And what that means to me, I kind of ask God, you know, what is my word? Um, And I'm not more spiritual because I have a word. (laughs) But my word is investment. And uh, for me, that means investing in myself. And kind of going back to that quote that, you know, work on your heart, work on yourself harder than you do on the job, meaning I got to work on me. I got to work on my health. Um, We are, Debra and I are health coaches. And really, I do my best when I'm in structure. Um, When I'm not in structure, I don't do well. So really learning, oh, I don't do well in this Mm -hmm. environment oh, like what is a healthy environment for you and what environments do you need to be in to give you health? Health is not just about what you put in your mouth. It's your mental health. It's your environmental health. It's all of those things. So one thing I'm going to do this year um, is really, even though I have time freedom now and we are our own bosses, that can be a slippery slope because you can get lazy with yourself. So one of the things I'm going to be doing is actually putting on the calendar the things that I need to do, not just for other people, but for myself. So that could be... Going to the gym, that could be dating my kids, that could be dating my wife, that could be um, times with friends, those kind of things, actually scheduling those things. Because if it's not on the calendar, the likelihood of it happening is very low. So we put on the calendar everything else for everybody else, but yeah, ourselves, we so time true. block our own family time and actually planning those things out. So going to the gym daily, getting movement. I don't go to the gym to lose weight, I go to the gym to get strong and for my own mental yeah. capacity. Yeah, right. So it's scheduling so true. those things in.
0: Yeah, I so mean, and I know a lot of people are like, you go to the gym to lose weight. No, literally the older you get, the more it's like, I just want to get up and not be in pain. Or I just <laughs> want to go up the hill yeah. and not be winded. I mean, yeah. that's where we end up being. Yeah. But I love the investment and I love that part. I see you as, because I get to work with you in different areas. Yeah. You give 110%. And when you um, you invest in a lot of people and a lot of things. So I get excited about the fact that you're investing in yourself yeah. even, even more because you've changed so many people's lives. I think when we become our best selves. It's almost like a exponential growth for other people. Right. Like I'm going to be the best version of who God's called me to be and I'm going to love and respect the person God right. created in me and now I'm going to be able to reach more people and do more. Right. And I, you know, when we're not ourselves, we don't show up as the best version no. and we don't no. help a lot of people. And then when we're operating out of shame or fear or anxiety and we're thinking why don't I have any impact because You wouldn't even follow yourself (laughs) it's just like that so i love that investment and i know for many of you that are listening to this i know obviously daniel's easy to like and i'm sure that you've just hearing him speak was was uh just like oh yeah we like him this is a good thing but i want you to know even in his um you know sharing in his like very kind and clear way you have to understand there's a force behind him. What he says, he lives out, he does. I've watched it for decades. And I'm really excited about all, that, all that's happening with you. And I hope that you guys will look up Devin and Dan. They are part of an incredible company. And um, I know that because I've been in it myself and also had a lot of people that I love and respect that are also helping people through ha- habits of health. So please look them up. Uh, but yeah, this year, I guess my my thought is, Tell us what the word God's given you, what, what word he has given you and leave it in the show notes or leave it on our socials and tell us what word Daniel said his is invest. And, um, I, I love that. So, so give us a word. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. I know it sounds complicated. You guys don't even have to write anything. All you have to do is press the star um, and please don't write do it a one unless you are like trying to make a point but but click that five let us know because that gives that puts it in front of a lot more people and then also you can leave a review for a specific episode. Just so you guys know, if I'm if we're reading through the reviews and you say I loved the focus course or I love the relationship, then we know. Oh, good. We'll put out more content to serve you guys and help you. So, make sure you leave that review. Uh, it's going to be a great year, 2022, guys. We're just getting started. Um, I am. I'm excited. I know that we've got some uphill battles, but we were made to do hard things, and we can together as long as we stay together. So, Dan, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, half.
0: <laughs> All right. You guys. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.